0: Happy birthday!
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, one week from today is Jesus' birthday. We we record this on, that is on Tuesday, so Tuesday, December 18th is my birthday. Thank you for remembering. And today you are... I, a- of course, I reminded you already this morning.
0: No, you, I remembered I, on my own memory. Okay. You're 71. I am 71 years old. And yesterday was Pope Francis' birthday. I
1: know, and he's only a few years older than I, like 10 or something. Is he in his 80s already? I don't know. I was trying to look it up last night, and you're going to do it while we talk, so I'll keep on talking. I'm Mr. Google he, on this podcast. Yeah, he keeps the, the, the laptop handy just for that purpose.
0: Uh, he's 82 years old. 82, so
1: he's 11 years older than I am. Yeah.
0: Well, happy birthday. What are you doing today? Let's uh, go out to dinner.
1: Well, today is Tuesday. December
0: 18th. December 18th,
1: and today we are receiving the body of Father Jerry Nowakowski. That is correct. At the church this evening's Vesper service. After that, I have RCIA. Uh, And um, so that's, yeah, that's the way I celebrate my birthday. Actually, I kind of enjoy
0: just doing normal things. Yeah, that is nice sometimes. Yeah, just being with the people that you love. Yeah, then they can just give you little surprises throughout the day.
1: Oh, I hope so. I don't not, have any I, I, I have do any surprises. love
0: surprises. What did you surprise me with? Uh, we're recording a podcast okay. today.
1: Okay, just between you and me, what did you surprise me with? <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody, uh, as you know, this is our last podcast this
0: year. Of 2019? It's been of 2018. Of 2018. Whoa, I'm already a year ahead. Whoa, whoa, you're in trouble. Uh, it's been a good year. This it, is our 84th episode. Yes, more than the Pope has, years. We've recorded more podcasts than the Pope has years. That's correct. Of course, they add up a little faster. A little bit. Uh, And we are going to actually take off the next two weeks from the podcast, with it being Christmas and New Year's. We
1: always record on Tuesday. Well, almost always record on Tuesday. And the next two Tuesdays are kind of busy.
0: So we will be back in time for the weekend of the baptism of the Lord. So the week of January, on January 10th, the next episode will be out January 10th.
1: Okay, so let me quickly spell out what's happening. This week that we're talking about today is the fourth Sunday of Advent, often kind of lost in the shuffle because it's the day before Christmas Eve. And then, of course, we celebrate Christmas, and these, we celebrate the Sunday after Christmas is the feast of the Holy Family, mm-hmm. and then the close of the octave of Christmas is the feast of the Motherhood of Mary, a mm-hmm. holy day, and then we have the feast of the Epiphany. This year it happens to be on the actual feast of the Epiphany, on Gen- the sixth. January sixth. And if you remember the twelve days of Christmas, the old song.
0: On the sixth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me, I don't remember six keys laying. Six Giselaean, five golden rain. Yeah. Is it six yeah. Giselaean? And
1: seven swans of swimming. Yeah, you're right. Six Giselaean. Very good. Thank you. I was but a music anyway. major. Okay, so it, anyway, it goes all the way from Christmas to the Feast of Epiphany. Those are the 12 days.
0: that's exciting you know as you're saying this it's i'm i mean it'll be nice not to have to do a podcast for a couple weeks but these are great feasts that we're missing out on
1: i know they're they're just wonderful and i hope people celebrate the entire christmas season and what is the last day of christmas in the church the baptism of the lord correct and that's the sunday after
0: so really christmas all the way through january 13th this year
1: I think this year we, we will be able to keep our Christmas nativity set up till the 13th. That'll be very nice. Now, I remember being in some Latin American countries late in January, and they still had everything up in their church, because I think they often go the, the 40 days after Christmas
0: like to the presentation. Wow. Now, do you want to talk about Christmas itself at all and kind of well, what's we're going on around we're here? Well, we're
1: going to celebrate Christmas. <laughs> That's good. We have three Christmas Eve masses. It's the very same schedule we've had for many, 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 many years. For 82 years. For 80, no, <laughs> 71. Okay, <laughs> we've had, uh, we have 4.30. We have 7.30. And we have an 11 o'clock. And I had a conversation with yesterday. Somebody said, well, I'm coming to your midnight mass. And I said, well, 11 o'clock.
0: You hey, don't come at midnight.
1: I, I said, I call it the middle of the night mass. So the conversation went on. And he said,
0: well, I'll see you in the, In the dark, the dark of the night. Technically, isn't that what midnight means? Midnight means middle of the night. I know, but we translate
1: midnight to be twelve o'clock p.m. Now, let me tell you how that started. Twelve a.m. Yes, correct. Correct. (laughs) Let me tell you how that started. Okay. Yeah. Until the late 1960s, there were no vigil masses. There was no Saturday evening mass. Mm -hmm. So the first mass you could have on Christmas Day was at midnight.
0: So this was post, before Vatican II. It was after Vatican
1: II. Uh, It was after Vatican, well, before Vatican II, the first mass you could have.
0: Was at midnight. At midnight.
1: Yeah. And it was a very special mass. There's something mystical about going to church in the middle of the night. Sure. It was also very much uh, an attraction for young couples to go to that, especially because in those days, many, many people got, if they were going to get engaged, they received the diamond ring at uh, Christmas Eve. Really? So they'd go to the midnight mass and. Everybody would look at their fingers to see, oh, yes, I thought they might get
0: engaged this year. I did it all. I, pr- I proposed I li- I, I, in March. Yeah,
1: I remember. I le- remember I lived in a small town where everybody knew everybody else's business. Oh, so, uh, <laughs> fair. So it, my sisters used to love to say, oh, yeah, look at that that couple over there. And she's taking her left hand and kind of brushing the back of her hair. Oh, conveniently, so people can see that she's wearing an engagement <laughs> ring.
0: If this were, uh, the, the, if that were the Church of 2018, she'd be pointing it towards the camera on the wall, yeah, right. exactly, yeah. See it, you know. I have very fond memories of going to midnight mass as a child. Uh, you know, the the church was darker on the inside. The Christmas lights illuminated the sanctuary. The smell of incense, uh, I, and of course, as a even as a kid, I always paid such close attention to all of the beautiful music. Um, it was really a special time. So. Well,
1: it still is, and we have, like every parish in the world, at least in this country, huge crowds at the earliest Mass. Sure. Many people have worked that into their plans, that they, they go to church first and then they have a family dinner or they go to Grandma's house. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. But sometimes people insist that it has to be that Mass, even when the church is full, and they, they have a very poor experience of mass because they can't really get in.
0: Sure. Sometimes I wonder what that's like in, in all seriousness of like doing something different on Christmas Eve than just being here the whole time. Yeah. But you know what? I wouldn't trade what we do here for anything in the world because I find Christmas Eve to be a really fun night. Uh, and it's it's an opportunity to get back with um, a lot of people that we don't see during the year, whether oh, yeah. it's, it's um sons and daughters that have moved out of town or they're out of town for college or whatever it may be. And And, and, uh, it's like the family reunion.
1: And unlike the Easter vigil where there's so many last minute things you're doing, making sure all the liturgical uh, pieces come together. Yeah. uh, Christmas mass is actually not a whole lot different than a regular Sunday mass. Right. So you, you really do have the opportunity to just, uh, talk with people before and after, and we have plenty of time
0: in between. We've actually developed a great tradition here at St. John the 23rd that, you know, many of the people that are here for each Mass, you know, obviously Father and the musicians and a lot of the pastoral team and, and other volunteers. parking lot
1: attendants. Uh,
0: we have a really nice dinner in between the first two Masses. Uh, one of our parishioners is gracious enough to make dinner, and uh, we have a little room set up where we can just go and kind of crash in between Masses and recharge for the next one. And it's really fun. I mean, it's, it's a really good time.
1: And then and then you uh, then we all go back to church for another round now i will say to whoever comes to church this year we expect bigger crowds than ever because everybody knows we have more space consequently
0: and that there's a church here on dixie highway there's a yeah people have discovered we actually exist
1: right <laughs> so um uh, i figure with our pews Especially with little kids, we can ask people to slide in together, so we can seat probably about 950 mm-hmm. in the pews, maybe more. The chapel, uh, the glass doors will be open, and the chairs will be facing. And so that's another 100 seat there. We will have a few chairs set up in the back between the baptismal font and the projection booth maybe another 75 chairs there sure there's room for some more people to stand and if we really reach the overflow people can stand against the walls or um, even in the in the connection center there's a lot of room there and there are TV monitors sure so can, how many can we reasonably manage
0: maybe 1200 i was thinking more like 82 about 82 people, Eighty-two, <laughs> one for each year of Pope you, Francis. You like, 80, you yeah. like the, that number today.
1: Okay, let's talk about the fourth Sunday of Bef- oh, well, before, before we move on.
0: We said the three Christmas Eve Masses, but we failed to say what the Christmas Day Masses. Oh, we
1: have Christmas Mass at 10 o'clock. That's my favorite.
0: Uh, it, but you, you love all is. of the Masses the same, but you can't. It's like your children. You're not allowed to have a favorite.
1: Well, okay. But, that <laughs> That is true. That is true. I, I'm not allowed to have a favorite. I enjoy celebrating all of them, true. but I will tell you the Christmas morning mass is probably more the mass for me. It's the one where I, uh, I'm more relaxed. I am into the spirit of it. And, uh, we do use different scripture reading the Christmas Eve and, and middle of the night mass are all the same scripture readings, mm-hmm. but there is a different scripture reading for the Christmas. The mass Day. at dawn, at dawn at 10 o'clock. Right. Uh, but that's, and the gospel is just a continuation of the story. It's the other part of Luke's gospel. Uh, it's the other half of the story of the birth. Sure. It's when the shepherds come and then they go back to their place and and
0: uh, it's quite exciting. <laughs> it sounded, like, I didn't know what you are going to say. They go back to their place and watch well, fi- ne- their fields. They watch Netflix for a while or something <laughs> yeah. like that. No. All right, so we are on the fourth Sunday of Advent this weekend, and it, it is very easy. It's it's hard to be the fourth Sunday of Advent because it is easy to overlook, but let's talk about these readings a little bit in well, light of how they prepare us for what's to come when we celebrate Christmas. Okay, real
1: quickly, um, Sunday one of Advent was about the future coming. Yep. Sunday two, John the Baptist shows up. Sunday three, John the Baptist is showing up again. The Baptist strikes back. And chapter chapter four we is kind of a prequel. It's before John the Baptist is even born. He's still a character in the story. Poor guy. This is the wonderful thing about Mary has already been told by the angel. So Mary is the central figure. Mm -hmm. And I was reading a little commentary yesterday It said there's four people in this gospel. And you think it's a conversation just between Mary and Elizabeth. So after the angel tells Mary that she's going to conceive and have the child the Messiah mm-hmm. says almost like a, as an afterthought, by the way, your cousin Elizabeth is in her sixth month. So Mary sets off and travels all the way no, uh, south to uh, where Elizabeth lives, which is right right outside of Jerusalem. Okay. A, lo- a long journey stays with her for about three months. So she gives birth.
0: Now, what direction was Bethlehem from Nazareth?
1: Okay. Nazareth is in the north in the Galilee area.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Bethlehem was a suburb of of uh, Jerusalem. Okay. You didn't call it a suburb in those days, it was a little village. Right. I was so so dismayed. I loved, you know, my favorite Christmas song, O, o Little, little o town, town of Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Yeah. And I have all these images. So when I went to Bethlehem, now it's all grown up as part of Jerusalem. Oh really? And, and it doesn't look like old little town of Bethlehem. It doesn't look quaint at all. It's just a part of the city.
0: I was reflecting on that the other day, um, how we all, you know, when we, when you're reading a book or you're hearing a story, you create the pictures you in your create mind. The, the, yeah, that's why of,
1: stories are so good, because of, it employs your own mind to participate.
0: But what I was kind of reflecting on is, for as many times as we've, as we've heard the nativity narrative, or even the story of Mary and Elizabeth visiting each other, we each have this own our, this image in our minds of what it must look like, and I would love to see what it looks like to other people. You know, wh- what did the stable look like? What did the manger look like? What what did Mary look like? What did Joseph look like? Um, and I, I think there's such beauty in the fact that we all can can kind of visualize this this vivid imagery of the story as we hear it unfold.
1: Well, Zechariah and Elizabeth did not live in Bethlehem, but they also lived in the general area of Jerusalem Mm -hmm. because Zechariah was one of the priests at the temple. So Mary traveled down to that area, spend the time. And the gospel this week is when Mary comes in. And so you think there's conversation between the two women, but Jesus, Mary is carrying Jesus and Elizabeth is carrying John. So they're there as well. Shall we read it?
0: Yes, we shall read it. So we're Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 45.
1: Usually I read the first part, you read the second part. We're going to do it differently.
0: How are we going to do this?
1: I'll read the first part, you read the second part. Sounds great.
0: What what a change
1: up. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country. They always call that the hill country. Uh, They're not talking about Perrysburg. No, not not Wood County. The hill country. There are hills in that area. The hill country in haste to a town of Judah where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant, John the Baptist, the infant leaped in her womb and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said,
0: Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me for the moment, the sound of your greeting reached my ears. The infant in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed are you who believe that was that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled.
1: What was spoken will be fulfilled. So the stage is totally set now to celebrate Christmas. Isn't this exciting? It is. Uh, it's, this, if you pray the rosary, and I, I grew up praying the rosary every day. Our family did that. Mm-hmm. There's the Joyful Mysteries. The first one is the annunciation that's the angel Gabriel mm-hmm. and the second one is the visitation. So you talked about in your mind your 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 imagery or how you picture things. So I always pictured Mary you know making this long journey. Now how did she do it? She did not walk on her own. She said hey goodbye folks, I'm I'm going to go see Elizabeth. She would probably attach herself some, to some other group. Call it a caravan if you want, yeah. but very loosely speaking, mm-hmm. a group of people that were traveling to Jerusalem. How often did they go to Jerusalem? If they were good good Jewish people, good Hebrews, they would probably go a couple times a year mm-hmm. if they could, if they could get away. It was a, a pretty good journey.
0: So she would attach... Her- to one of those groups that was some group ended. that was traveling and uh, so maybe, maybe
1: merchants, even, you know, people that had to go down there for business, you know, they had to get their credit cards renewed or something. Who knows what they had to do?
0: So I told you about this movie that I watched uh, with my family. It's on Netflix. It's called The Star. It's an animated movie, and it's it's telling the story of Mary and Jesus and Joseph. But it's uh, through kind of the tale of the animals because kids love animals. Uh, and so do thirty-three-year-old adults. Kids, uh, <laughs> but um, I really enjoyed the movie. It came out last year, and I, I never, I never watched it. But we did watch it last weekend. And usually, animated movies aren't super deep for me, but I found myself uh, really kind of uh, taken in by the, the whole nativity narrative again, especially Mary, because I feel like in my own spirituality, thinking about Mary as Mother, not only mother of Jesus, but as our mother too, and her such her significant role in our faith and in our church and what she does um, interceding for us, you know, that, that moment when you see her holding Jesus for the first time. The next thing that flashed to my head was Jesus on the cross and her at the foot of the cross. And everything that happened between those two moments and the bond that she must have felt with him, immediately and I, I was thinking about my own children and what that's like that first time you see your child after they are born uh, and it, it for me it completely humanized this divine story more than it ever has before all well, through an animated movie
1: probably because you're a parent yeah and I have no idea what that's all about but I I hear from so many people the the intensity of the love for the child uh, yeah and but you said something else there that's really po- very powerful, that your mind jumped ahead to the crucifixion. And have you ever noticed how many of the best Christmas songs are not just about the baby mm. uh, being born,, yeah. but about the whole mystery?, Yeah. that they, uh, lots of the sto- uh, the songs include uh, Jesus coming to die for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus came and uh, you know, to renew all of humanity. So the mistake we make in the church is we, and I don't mean officially, but people of the church make is that we, div- we compartmentalize, we divide Jesus life, yeah. you know, okay, now we're going to celebrate his birth and a couple weeks from now, well, that's done. Now let's talk about Jesus uh, being baptized in the river. Oh, that's done. And then, you know, and okay, a couple months later, well, Jesus is on the, on the cross.
0: Like the, the chronological order of yeah, how we, we celebrate Yeah, and what
1: we have to do is remember all of it is included in every part of it.
0: That's actually one of the reasons uh, the, the new song we're singing for Christmas this year, we're singing one new song. Uh, it's called Messiah. This by uh, Francesca Battistelli, and it has kind of that threefold mystery. In the first verse, it talks about, you know, long-awaited, precious promise, son of God and son of man, heaven's glory in a manger has come to us in Bethlehem. And uh, later it talks about, you know, death being defeated. And then at the end of the song, it, says, it, it alludes to the fact that he's coming back again. So yes. it's like this whole, the whole mystery of our faith kind of wrapped up in one Song that we'll be able to, and sing we have to
1: always look at the whole thing.
0: I don't know if you saw
1: the the photograph
0: of the fourteenth
1: station, which we still don't have in our church. But <laughs> that they, sounded a little bitter. No, no. <laughs> it's it's not meant to be. It, they're they're almost finished and they're being shipped. We'll have them uh, in January. We hope. We hope. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> but if you saw the photograph of the the clay depiction of it before it was uh, fired and molded, made the mold. Yeah. It's Jesus is being buried. But if you look closely, you also see the, the silhouette of the resurrection Mm. that he's coming back out of the tomb. Again, we don't talk about the death without the resurrection. We don't talk about the resurrection without the death. So, uh, we shouldn't talk about the birth without the death and,
0: but it's also a saving death. Yeah. I, I was watching a commentary. Actually, it was more than a commentary. It was an interview with Bishop Robert Barron last night. And, um, he was talking about you know the the blood and the water pouring from Jesus's side. What a significant image that would have been to the Jewish people that knew, you know, the the covenant and the the old the old what we call the Old Testament. Um, but he said it, it would have been utterly meaningless and all for nothing if the resurrection never happened. That they are two parts of a whole. Yeah, you know, um, and I, it's important to remember that. But none of that would have taken place unless the incarnation took place in the first and, place. And the incarnation is so powerful it's not
1: just god became a human which is incredible in itself right but it also shows that god by entering humanity as being a person raised up all possibilities of person persons Mm. that all of us now are called to a new height i love the prayer at mass when i put a little couple drops of water into the wine yeah by the mystery of this water and wine may we come to share in the divinity of Christ who humbled himself to share in our humanity. So it it is the prayer of the incarnation that God became human so that we can share in divinity. Emmanuel, God is with us. Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody.
0: Merry Christmas, and uh, we can't wait to see you guys here this weekend and for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Come early. And uh, if you're traveling, be safe. Yes, and come home. And send Father Herb a birthday present. No. (laughs) But but you can wish me a happy birthday. Thank you. All right, guys. Merry Christmas. We'll see you in a couple of weeks for another episode of the 23 Podcast. God's blessings.